welcome to the Godsy Girl Podcast, inspiration and encouragement for all women inside and outside ministry. Hi, I'm so glad you are listening again that I have your ear one more time. Um, so much has been going on that I um, had to, I had to somehow contribute to the good voices <laughs> right now because the press I mean it's so much that's all I'll say I don't even have to explain it but there's so much going on and it seems that um, if you're not careful you'll think that the world is divided between um, two factions black and white and as you know very little in this world is black and white um, <laughs> it's a lot of gray involved in anything and so I um, really have been, um, I'm just going to say honestly, I have been in a struggle um, to maintain joy and to maintain hope um, in this season that we're currently in in the United States and even globally. Um, not only are we dealing with the COVID, right? <laughs> it's like as if that were not enough. Um, we also have um, some very horrible occurrences that have happened in um, the context of of loss I'm gonna just say it um, you know it's just there's there's been murders and killings of african-american people and since that's the group to which I belong um, I am very much impacted and affected by it um, if you've read my most recent blog post I um, spoke about how racism affects me um, just me you know, I don't speak or represent a community in saying that or um, represent any one person. I don't even represent a political party. But what I do represent is myself. <laughs> and I do tell you, um, your girl has been hurt and has been wounded and has cried so many tears. And um, I don't care what people's history is, um, because as a Christian, I believe everybody deserves to be loved and deserves to be cherished. And um, nobody deserves inhumane treatment. Yeah, there's not a scenario that you can tell me in which someone deserves to die in a vulgar, inhumane way. Um, just like you, I have lost people. Um, I don't know, likely like you, but I've, I've had very, very bad things happen to people I love. And even then, I um, love that our country is humane in how we deal with those who have gone through due process and have been found guilty not look guilty or suspected to be guilty but have been found guilty and the rest I leave to God but the thing that I wanted to talk about in all of this is um, so many of us have made friends outside of our culture outside of our race and if you're like me you have built familial bonds with people who are um, of a different race and I mean that means you love them you call them sister you call them brother um, I know I have and I thank God for those people in my life and this season has affected them um, the good people <laughs> it has affected them just as much as it has affected others um, of color I'm gonna say um, not equally but has affected them just as much just as much desperation as I feel um, 
they feel. Now, I feel unsafe in a lot of situations. I feel my family is unsafe. That they cannot relate to. And those who um, are in my life understand that and they've spoken to that. But in terms of the desperation and the pain, a lot of them have felt it too. Um, again, not in equal proportion and not for equal reasons. But if there was a gauge for the people in my life that I know that are um, not people of color, they've been crying, they've been hurt, they've been wounded, they've been just, just feeling hopeless, <laughs> the same to the degree as I have. Now, as a person of color, I add more things that I feel, but just know I do not discount the fact that the Rachels and the Jims and the Dates and the Debras in my life um, don't feel pain. The Lauras, I could go on um, and on. So... I wanted to just share some of the things that have helped me get through this season um, and what my um, non-black friends have done that have got has gotten me through this season in case you're wondering um, if you're a person of um, of no if you're not if you're Caucasian and if you're wondering or if you're Hispanic or Asian what can I say to my black friends right now I just want to share a few things that have so helped me to get through this okay um, the first thing I will say, and they haven't said it, <clears throat> but I have felt 100% accepted by the people in my closest circle. Um, as, as a black woman, I've been accepted. Now, they haven't tried to uh, see me as assimilated to their culture, but they um, have accepted me that I, I do things differently. I eat differently sometimes. I um, have a different humor. I, I grew up with a different frame of reference. Um, I used to say that um, <laughs> that some of my friends think Parliament was a is is a is a, is a governing system, and I think Parliament is George Clinton. <laughs> and so um, it's like we have differences, and they allow me to be different. They don't say be like me, but they've accepted me. Let me tell you an example, and this is a good example um, of 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 not being felt like I was bad or wrong. I am a, um, I work in a professional in a nonprofit and I, um, I have a face <laughs> that's a very serious face <clears throat> when I'm thinking or pondering or even when I'm just looking. I think that people, um, some people have perceived that I'm not happy or I don't want to be there. Or I'm unhappy or something. And I thought about it and I actually, I'll tell you, I'll just say the whole thing. Um, I had a manager who called me into her office and said that my face looked like I was um, angry. And it was a topic that was super light and there was no way in the world I was angry. Um, I just wasn't smiling, but I was not angry or upset or disappointed or anything. And I sat across her desk and she really kind of let me have it. Um, saying that it was the way I looked or I seemed and in my opinion if you don't know what I'm thinking you know be woman enough to ask me are you upset are you okay you know but don't assume something about me and she really um, it hurt me um, as much as a co-worker could but she um, insulted me and so in meetings I inadvertently tried to smile more and grin uh, more in meetings just so people don't think I'm mad and do you know how much work and effort that is I mean um, 
you know, because I even asked her, have you talked to any of the, I'm the only African-American in that team. And I'm like, have you talked to anybody else about not smiling in meetings? And she's like, no. And um, it was clearly something that I was being accused of. And I it came to a head on a Zoom meeting that we had as a whole staff. And you know how in Zoom you can see your face right and being able to see my face I saw myself and I was just smiling through the whole presentation someone was giving and it wasn't something happy or that merited a smile but it was a little bit of that post-traumatic stress from that experience I had with that manager and I caught myself and I almost teared up I think I even blacked the screen out Um, and I teared up and I wrote down on a piece of paper that I do not have to smile to make other people feel comfortable. I smile when something makes me happy. And I don't have to assimilate. Um, And I don't even think that's assimilation. I think that's an unfair um, expectation to just because other people think that because I'm black, I'm an angry black woman. I'm not. I have reason to be, but I'm not. And I um, talked with other people in my world about just this exact thing and do you know that several of them have had the same experience where Caucasian people accuse them of um, looking unhappy or a certain way in a meeting and I don't think we have a, a national black face where we all look mean or something it's, it's a different expectation and they, my co- white colleague manager who's also a manager too doesn't have to smile through an entire meeting yet I do Um, In a corporate arena, my friend said the same thing. Um, A young man who's a young professional said he was told something similar. And I don't think it's a coincidence. So when I say that my white friends accept me 100% as who I am, that means something to me. That means a lot to me. Because I do not um, breathe and live for other people's um, comfort. I'm sorry. I, I love the people, I love everybody, but I cannot be imprisoned to their perceptions, ideas, and such about me. I just cannot and I will not, okay? So um, that's the one thing I think your black friend needs to say here from you. If you would say, I see you, and in light of everything that's going on, I love you and I accept you for who you are, who you are right now without changing or trying to make me feel better about myself I see you if you do that that'll mean something so that's the first thing that I would say that you can say to your best friend or to your african-american buddy say I see you and I accept you now I should have prefaced this in the beginning all black people are not the same (laughs) We're not monolithic. We're not one unity, um, one um, conformed being. So I'm just sharing my opinion. I probably should have said that. Um, I think I did, but I can't remember. But I'm sharing what helped me. Okay. So um, you have, if you're in a relationship with a black friend, you you know them, and you probably know what would help them. But this is what has helped me. Another thing that has helped me is my white friends who have acknowledged that this is a painful scary season. OMG. That has 
given me so much comfort and help and I liken it to me being stuck in the mud and somebody has um, hooked themselves to me and they're swimming or pressing ahead and, and kind of dragging me along with them um, pulling me through the hardship and that's what I feel like that um, is it does so so actually acknowledging and one of my friends Rachel who uh, I don't even want to call her a friend she's more of a sister she um, texted me early on in this process when the inside of my heart was chaos because um, I was so hurt I was so devastated by what was going on um, and she just was like are you okay and and granted none of this happened directly to me but it is me you know um, it is me I mean I'm a middle-class preacher's wife in the Midwest, educated woman. But when something happens to someone in my community, it's me. Okay. I don't care if they had a liquor store buying cigarettes. It's me. It hurt me too. And um, with everything going on, the friends that acknowledged that pain and checked on me, it meant something to me. And it gave me comfort. It also gave me a sense of community if that makes sense, that they were, that I had a community of support, that somebody was there um, for me, somebody was there with me through this, and that somebody who didn't look like me cared about me. And that made, um, that made me feel better. I would love to hear feedback on that. Um, but that made me feel so much better that with all the wicked things going on, that somebody asked, are you okay? <laughs> oh gosh, that helped me so much. Um, so yeah, so ask your friend um, and acknowledge the pain. Acknowledge the pain of what's going on and say, are you okay through all this? You know, and that's it. Simple. You don't have to say anything more than that. Let them talk. Let them not talk. <laughs> um, but, you know, just acknowledge what's going on. Okay, I will tell you another thing that helped me is knowing that, or I guess having an ex- and a reason to believe and remember that all white people are not the same. Okay, everybody doesn't have the heart of the people we've seen on television or the people who are frequenting social media with their hatred and their racist responses. Um, them checking on me saying I can be me asking me if I'm okay and acknowledging my pain um, they remind me that everybody is not the same that there are and it sounds so cliche but there's some good people in the world and I you know I was gonna say right there's some good white people in the world <laughs> but um, that helped me <clears throat> that helped me um, to get through this season um, tremendously um, the things that don't help me are um, the platitudes where people try to um, defend what happened or when um, they it's kind of like those people who say all lives matter that is such a repugnant term um, and I love what but I think it was Van Jones somebody said um, that when I say all when I say black lives matter I'm just saying black lives matter too that's all I'm saying and I'll tell you if there was a history of intentional suppression oppression and murder of um, another race I would say yeah I'd wear the t-shirt all people of this race matter but because there would be a systemic hundreds year old 
tradition of hatred toward that people. Yeah. So when I say or anybody says Black Lives Matter, it's not me saying that your life doesn't. It's just saying I matter too. And I'm under fire right now. So um, while I would come to your side, right now I'm on battle for myself. And um, that's all it says. And so I think when you um, acknowledge the pain of your friend, you know, don't feel the need to defend anything that you don't understand. Leave it alone. Um, let it go. Because I, I, I tell you, I've lost friendship with one person um, through um, even before this season who um, her political views and mine, it, it infiltrated the relationship. And the truth of the matter is, I think that people can't view separately from what they believe. So if you believe a certain way, you're going to vote a certain way. And if you vote a way that is completely against what I um, stand for and who I am, um, it's impossible to be your friend. It's impossible. I can love you in Christ, but in close relationship, I cannot be. So when you talk to your friend, your black friend, don't feel like you have to defend anything, even if you don't understand everything right now. It's okay. You don't have to understand anything. You just have to be there and maintain your friendship and you know what it's like with grief 90% of um, comfort in when someone is grieving is just being there it's not explaining anything it's not even understanding anything it's the best comforters are the ones that are just there just loving you from a side sometimes just sitting across the other side of the room why you cry um, you know and as humans we often try to have an answer we often try to f- fix stuff we um, we feel guilty for things we didn't personally do that's foolishness just be there for your friend be there be available sit quietly text a heart <laughs> or something you know um, throughout the day but just be there because I guarantee you they're affected they're affected. And then when you do have conversations with your friend, maybe when things have kind of calmed down, um, I think when everything's over, (laughs) um, you know, when things have calmed down, and you and your friends talk, it's okay to say the wrong thing. I'm gonna be very honest. And this is so awkward to say, because I think you got to keep the dialogue open to you know with with individuals who don't agree with you if the relationship is worth it to you now as I mentioned I had a relationship that the hatred and vitriol was getting to be too much where that relationship wasn't I'm sorry it wasn't worth salvaging for me so I let that relationship go but there are people in my life now who are a different political party who grew up totally different but they're friends And there are people that would give me blood and I would give them blood. And we don't agree on 100% of everything. But I love the fact that because we're friends, eventually we can have a dialogue. And they can say things that are wrong. I can say things that are wrong. And the key is not stopping there. Is continuing on to explain why what they said hurt you. And I applaud, and I saw this on television somewhere, and I so agreed. I I mean, you're going to say the wrong thing about this whole thing because it's foreign. If you're not black, it's a foreign concept. This is like, what? It's like manna. What what is this? (laughs) You know? But that's how you get understanding. And so 
um, but it has to be the context of a relationship. Um, it's the it, like the example with hair. Um, I have curly hair, big curly hair, right? Um, in the picture on my podcast, it was shorter <laughs> and it was you know a little more tame. But on average, I wear a big curly afro kind of hair, and um, it, it garners a lot of attention. And when my friends ask me, how do you get your hair to curl like that? How do you get so many uniform curls? Um, it doesn't bother me. Or if they, even if a friend says, can I touch your hair? Which is usually a pet peeve. Um, can I touch your hair? I'm like, if you're my friend, yeah, if I've known you long enough and, you know, we've got history and secrets, of course, you know, can I touch your hair? <laughs> you know, it's like, that's friendship. But if I don't know you and you're a coworker, stay away from those subjects. Just stay away from them, you know, because you don't have the love and time invested to say the wrong thing and be safe in doing so, right? You'll cause pain. So if you have a friend, like we're talking about, a context of a friend, ask questions. Ask, hey, what about the looters? Do you support the people who looted and vandalized? You know, that's an okay question to ask. Not now. I don't want anybody to ask me that now. But eventually, that's going to be a very good question um, to ask. And I could say, no, I don't. You know, there's always people who are going to cause problems when you want to do something good, you know, um, or you want to do something, anything. You always got the, the people who cause problems. And I think that those kind of questions you can ask and you should ask but not during this painful time this isn't the time to be so selfish as to want to answer your inquiries um, really you need to just wrap wounds if the person is your friend just you know or your Christian sister just wrap the wounds silently you know because um, there's really nothing that can be said and um, nothing that can be done so I do hope that um, you heard a few good points of what to say to your friend. Um, I don't feel like you have to apologize or any of that unless you feel the need to. But um, the one thing that did help me is when a co-worker actually, who I do feel like I have a connection with, um, she told me, I'm sorry this is happening. And I'm sorry you're going through this. And I'm sorry that this is all going on. She didn't do it, right? But it just gave me comfort when she said that. And um, I mean, she saw my pain, acknowledged it, and cared enough to say something gently about it. And because um, it ha- it's, a, it's a scary time, I'm gonna be honest. It's a very scary time for a lot of African Americans. I don't speak for all, but I'll tell you for me, I am fighting seeing my family um, safe and worrying about my family. I'm fighting um, worrying about my neighbors, really, the people who waved at me for years, um, how they feel about me and my child and my husband. Um, it's, this, it's, a, it's a battle of reminding yourself that not everyone hates you because of the color of your skin. And a lot of African-Americans are struggling with that. We're scared of our children, for our children to be in stores. I mean, for our children to be out in their own yards because there's some nut out there that could just hate them because of the color of their skin and hurt them. We've seen that proven time and time again, um, that it's zero to 50 for a lot of these people out here. And so your black friend is mulling that over and dealing with that and struggling with that. So I think it's why it's such a blessing to, yeah, 
be present, show up, be quiet, let them know you accept them, you love them, and that you're here for them. Because um, there's so many questions right now that we have, um, I, I have, let me keep my eye voice, that I have about the world around me right now. Lots of questions. Um, but I do know that God is a um, God still on the throne. And he is going to protect. He's going to Psalms 91 me. And he's going to Psalms 91 my family. And we're going to be okay. And we're going to be okay with my friendships intact. Because I have such good friends that are black, white, Latino, Asian. <laughs> and I'm talking friends. I ain't talking co-workers. But people who have lulled me through this entire season. And um, another thing I'll tell you that has nothing to do with what to say to your black friend, but um, I know that there are more with us than that are against us. Remember that scripture? And so I, my prayer is that God opens my eyes because um, in my city, they're renaming a fountain that was named after a notorious racist and they had a town hall meeting. I opted not to go. Um, because I, COVID is still out there. People believe it doesn't exist, but um, a lot of people are still going to die from it. We know that that's got to happen. I just don't want to be one of those people right now. So I'm not going out into big crowds right now. And I saw on the news that they congregated to, um, it was a, I'd say the room was 90% Caucasian. And they, I had it on mute, and I, I saw this man speaking so passionately, and I was prejudiced. I thought he was speaking about it not happening um, and keeping it. And I, um, I turned up the volume, and he was advocating vehemently for the name to be changed. Um, and I thought, wow, um, you know, we have to <laughs> know that it's if you're an African-American listening, there are more with us than that are against us. There are more people that are out there that are loving and kind than the wicked, loud, squeaky wheels you see on television. And there's comfort in that. So if you're a Caucasian listening to this, be that be that person that that confirms that there's more with us than there are against us if that makes sense. So hard time, hard, hard time. But I am confident that um, in faith, I'm saying this, because I'm not 100% sure um, I feel it yet. But I'm confident in faith that God is going to bring us completely out of this. And he's going to deliver us and all, all of us. And um, the church is going to shine brightly. I do believe that. I do. Do you believe it? I hope so. And um, keep on praying for your friend here. Because <laughs> it's a hard time. I mean, it's a, I have two boys. And God has not given us the spirit of fear. But um, of love, power, and what? A sound mind. But I do struggle with, um, <laughs> with the fear factor that someone will want to hurt me or my family just because of the way I look. And that's a real solid concern these days, right? So thank you for listening. I hope I gave you some encouragement. Um, and I hope that you'll continue to reach out to your friends and um, know that it's, it's not going to take much to let them know you love them and that you're here for them. Okay, thank you for listening. 
I do hope you'll subscribe. And um, next time we'll have something a little happier. How about that? Right? Visit Godsey Girl. I did write a, a post about how racism affects me. And uh, maybe it'll give you some insight that you, um, and maybe it'll give you some, yeah, me too, <laughs> moments um, too. But um, I would love for you to check it out. And um, I will tell you, while I, I am heavy loaded and heavy hearted, I ain't scared of no racist. And I'm not scared of you, the people out there that um, want to hurt, that post stupid things. I could tell by the first few words what kind of post that's going to be, and I delete it. So it's time you are wasting. Okay, so leave me alone. And I ain't scared of no weirdos and fools and all that who um, have wicked motives. I ain't worried about you. You know, um, if anything, I will narrow my focus so I don't have to look at you. But, you know, do your thing. But leave me alone. And so anyway, <laughs> I say all that to say, um, stay encouraged. I love you. Don't um, think that the whole world hates you if you're a Caucasian. If you got a good heart, your heart shines through. And we thank God for you. And if you're African American, this too shall pass. And I do believe, I'm hopeful, because I see so many of our white brothers and sisters are in our corner. And um, I see that we have families with them. And I do. I have families. I, I am in family relationship with them. I call them sister. I call them brother. And I do mean it. Um, and that gives me hope for our future. Okay. So stay encouraged. Do not fall into despair, depression, or hopelessness. Because God is still on the throne. And there's still a lot of people that love us. And that are going to support us. Amen. I love you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to find me on YouTube at Godsy Girl Terry, as well as on Facebook at Godsy Girl Living Life His Way. And don't forget Instagram. There you can find me at Married to a Pastor Life. God bless you. Be sure to subscribe, hit the four stars below, and let me know how this is blessing you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.